Well, a little something different for you this week, an unplugged version of Your Tech Life, episode 375. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, uh, satellite navigation, GPS technology, Alcatel, uh, mobile phones available at Vodafone and other retailers, and Trend Micro Internet Security. I'm, um, I'm sitting in Central Park, New York, uh, and I thought to myself, I didn't get a chance to record last week in China, which was just a nightmarish week in terms of uh, coordination. There'll be a Two Bikes Talking Tech episode uh, this week as well to make up for that um but i thought i'd uh not wait until the samsung event later in the week which is why i'm in new york i thought i'd just take the opportunity while i'm sitting here in central park and quite frankly exhausted having hired a bike and ridden all around the park um and it's a bloody big park i thought i'd just sit and run through the news of the week and have a chat about it um acoustic unplugged as I say, all thanks to Garmin, Alcatel and Trend Micro. And a shout out uh, first and foremost to uh, a review from this week of Your Tech Life on iTunes from DB Buzz. Thank you, mate. Oh, did I read this one already? Hmm. Actually, I think I might have read that one already. Long time listener, never written a review. Time to speak up and let others know about this podcast. Mate, thanks for the review. I know there's a couple for uh, Two Bikes Talking Tech to get through as well. So always good to get the reviews. And if you are... Um, uh, able to jump onto iTunes and uh, leave a review. It is greatly appreciated uh, each and every um, each and every time they come through. So, a couple of things I wanted to run through this week. There's a bit going on, and uh, there might be some duplication with uh, two blokes talking tech. We'll probably spend more time though talking about uh, what we did in uh, China with Huawei and uh, what happened this week here in um, New York with Samsung. So, a couple of observations, and obviously one of them is spurred out of my experience today here in New York. So, when I'm away like this. You know, I normally don't really get out much and kind of experience much touristy things, but I kind of always get stuck in the hotel room, so I wanted to kind of take the opportunity to just get off my bum and get out. I started going for a walk, and um, I kept walking past these um, these bikes. Now, I've seen, you know, renter bikes in Melbourne, for example, um, and, you know, wondered what is the process of renting one of those things, and look, in Australia, never bothered because I don't have a helmet, and so why would you and how would you, but... Interestingly here, I just saw people picking these bikes up and walking away, no helmet on and whatnot. So I walked up and I had a look at the, the brand and it's a City Bike, City Bank being the brand, but City Bike being the um, the bike concept. And I thought there's some sort of NFC tap and go going on there and it looked like there was Queens. So I thought I'd have a look. So I looked at their website and there was an app to download and I thought, well, I mean, if the process is as simple as it should be, I'll be on a bike in five minutes. And it was. Um... I opened the app, I put in um, an email address, uh, phone number, and it let me put in an Australian plus six um, one phone number. I put in my name, created an account, uh, and put in a credit card. And then I chose Rent-A-Bike. And here's the cool thing. I simply chose the station that I was standing at, so, you know, see the location on a map, and pressed Unlock a Bike. And then it gave me a uh, five-digit code. Now, the five-digit code is made up of only three different numbers, one, two, and three, which is how I couldn't quite understand the, the actual bike mechanism because there's only a one, two, and three on this kind of number pad, and it turns out that you put in the, in the code in the right order, press the unlock button, and clink, she unlocks, and you walk it away. Uh, now, I chose a day pass, so I'm assuming I can drive it around all day if I wanted to, go back, place it into, its, um, into another locker anywhere, and hit lock, and off she goes. It's done. Now... Uh, you know, that, that, that process itself was pretty simple, pretty cool. And then I, I thought, well, what's the, what's, the, what's the process of finding a place to take it back? Open up the um, the app again and had a look at the map, and it was unbelievable. There's, there's, these stations are everywhere throughout New York. Um, 
like literally all over the place, especially in Upper uh, Manhattan where I am. Um, and each of the stations is indicated by a, a green, orange, or red kind of um, light. Now, the red light means there's no bays left. The orange light means there's bays left, and the green light means there's, um, you know, it's basically open, so either do your best. So I can now look at the map and go, well, I need to set a, set a route and head to one of the orange or, or green bays, and I can take the bike back, lock it up, and off you go. And it reminded me um, of something we saw in China, and I'll, I'm going to write this up on EFTM, and I've got a video to put on there as well, but um, it was very interesting. They're, they've got, they don't have bike racks where all the bikes are, um, you know, stacked up ready for you to take. They just have these bikes lying around the city, a bunch of yellow bikes. There's other colours as well, but these ones are different because there's no bike rack to lock them up. They've got a locking mechanism on the back wheel. So if you imagine just under the seat, um, there's a kind of clamp that goes through the wheel and locks the bike. Now, the crazy thing is in China, they use WeChat, which is kind of like a version of WhatsApp, but much more detailed. They use WeChat for payments. So they have like a, you know, an account. They, they load up. It's like a, an e-toll for your car, an e-tag for your car. You load up some credit in your WeChat, and you can use it for um, making payments. I saw um, vending machines that, that accepted WeChat. And so with these ones, though, you walk up to the bike. It could be anywhere on the street. As long as it's sitting there and locked, you walk up, you open WeChat, you scan the code... It's a QR code, you know, those square codes with all dots all over it. That's a QR code. You scan the code, and within seconds, it it unlocks, and you're free to take the bike. And then when you finish, you clamp it down and leave it. And so the thing is, those bikes, so this bike that I'm riding here in New York is dumb. It's a dumb bike with a smart bike wrap, whereas the Chinese have gone one step further and created smart bikes. So their bikes are internet connected. So they've got a SIM card in them. They're connected to the LTE 4G network at all times uh, and ready, you know, so basically what happens is when you scan the barcode, your WeChat makes a communication with the bike company's cloud and the bike company's cloud makes a communication with that bike and unlocks itself all in a matter of, of seconds. It's a stunning use of, um, of Internet of Things technology, of QR codes, of payment technology and just a really cool way of indicating how the future could be. Now, probably would argue the Chinese version is messier because there's just bikes everywhere around the city and the American version and Melbourne version and things like that are actually you know, pretty uh, clean and, and, and uh, I guess well organised but I can just imagine when we get to a point um, you know, like the, the Chinese have uh, that everything is going to be uh, connected that way so um, yeah it's, uh, it's a fascinating, um, fascinating process and um, well worth a look if you're travelling um, kind of one of those funny things i would never have thought i'd get on a bike but then now that i know how easy it is i can imagine doing it again and again um it's just like the subway here i'm scared of subways not in the uh, sense that i'm scared of the actual subway but just knowing how the ticketing system works understanding how to put in the money and you know it's obviously easier in english-speaking countries but once i've done it i'm ready to go at all times so it's very very cool uh, don't be afraid of the system it's um it's pretty easy and pretty well done that's what's happening in new york and i'll as I say, i'll get some pictures and um and videos up of the process with uh the uh, wechat bikes and um and the city bikes here in new york on eftm.com anytime soon now as there won't be any calls this week as you would know i'm out and about and as i said an unplugged version of the show sitting here in central park you can probably hear sirens in the background there's people sunbathing around me and uh that's not distracting at all and um yeah lots of people here in central park it is i mean for, for a park so big there was not a single inch of it that didn't have people on it i actually rode all the way around looking for somewhere 
to stop and just chat like this. Um, it's just so busy, amazing. Um, we do it all thanks to good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. Check out their full range of um, sat-nav units um, for, for uh, their bike technology, their, uh, their running watches, watches, their fitness watches, watches, especially for those that are into their triathlons and um, heavy-duty running and cycling. They've got a range of products. And if you're just looking for a car sat-nav again, uh, Garmin's got you covered. The full range is at garmin.com.au. Support those that support us here at Your Tech Life. Um, now, speaking of deals, not that I was, um, great deal right now for iPhones. Now, do you remember when the iPhone SE was released? The iPhone SE was um, released uh, about a year and a half ago, in March. It might have actually just been March last year now that I think of it. Yeah, it was about a year and a half. Um, it was the size of an iPhone 5S or 5 um, with the inside guts, you know, processor and whatnot of the iPhone 6. And... Um, it came out at 679 for the 16 gig version and I think 829 or 849 for the 64 gig version and it was the cheapest iPhone you could buy um, which was good I, I like the idea of having an iPhone at a lower lower entry point and um, I think I like the idea of an iPhone of a smaller screen size for people that don't want the bigger screen but Officeworks this week uh, announced uh, a brand new phone <laughs> kind of uh, in this in their stores and online the um, the iPhone 6 is on sale again at Officeworks. Now, the iPhone 6 is three years old um, this coming month, and um, they're selling it for $469 outright unlocked, all yours. Telstra's selling it for $449 locked to Telstra, so you could call that kind of a $520 phone after you pay the unlocking fee. But $469 for, for an iPhone that is brand new, though a three-year-old model, um, is a cracking great price. And, um, you know... I was a little bit blown away by that idea, and I think what what's happened here is Apple have, you know, looked at the market globally. They've got supply. They're probably still making the iPhone six, to be honest, um, in factories in China, and um, they they probably thought, well, maybe we should and could go with supply at, at a greater level um, and, and push some of that supply instead of to the kind of developing markets where they might be putting those phones um, and their kind of run out models. They've probably not going to you know have a large stock of them but there might be maybe 10,000 20,000 and come to Australia um, and present a really good opportunity now I've talked about iPhones as being a great phone um, but one of the problems is you know kids want them teenagers want them and they're ridiculous ridiculously expensive for parents to buy so while 500 bucks is still a lot of money it is at least the uh, the cheapest option you have out there and it's a bloody good one too the iPhone 6 is still a great phone my wife's got an iPhone 6 and um, apart from the the battery um, being not as great as it was originally, and also uh, some GPS issues, um, which probably can be can be fixed or replaced. Um, it's a bloody great phone. So limit three per customer of the iPhone. It comes in 32 gig only in space grey. Um, you'll find it on the Officeworks website. Just have a look under iPhones, and I just sort by low price. And after you get past a couple of accessories, uh, you'll find it very quickly. Um, I'm not sure if it's actually in store. I um, I haven't seen, I think they're doing click and collects and delivery, but um, I haven't seen um, store stock of the iPhone 6, so it may well be just an online deal, but uh, still worth the, uh, worth the purchase if you're looking for an iPhone. Uh, you can grab one now at Officeworks. So, uh, yeah, check that out if you're uh, in the market for, um, for a new device. Um, the iPhone is a cracker. The iPhone 6 is a good one. Now, some, um, some data came out. The, um, the NBN this week had their or it might have been just the end of last week, had their annual results. Obviously, as a you know big company, they have to publish 
their results every year, talking about their financial targets and, and other targets. Really, for NBN, it's about, you know, are you meeting your um, deployment targets? Are you getting the NBN rolled out as quick as you said it was going to be? Um, according to them, they're ahead of all their predicted targets, and they made $1 billion in revenue. Now, $1 billion in revenue does, does not make a profit for a thing that's costing something like $50, $60 billion, but it's a very good start, given that there's only 2.4 million people connected. So if 2.4 million people are connected now, and we know that most of them are connected on the slowest plans. In five years, when 8 million people are connected and we're all paying a little bit more because we want faster speeds, you can imagine we'll be having, I don't know, what's that, $6, 7000000000 billion in revenue um, and the expenses will be lower because the rollout will be finished. So you can see how the company moves from you know um, deployment to um, yeah, running itself and, and starting to actually make money. That's the plan anyway. And what's interesting is in the next couple of weeks, I think they're going to release their um, their next three-year um, corporate plan, which will tell us uh, when they think certain areas will be finished, um, the deployment breakdown by, by technologies, and basically a whole new set of um, benchmarks and guidelines for them because that's what they're judged against um, by both the government and the public who are watching them very quickly. But the other thing that was announced this week was um, the ACCC, the Australian Competition Consumer Commission, um, feels like a toothless tiger in what they've announced, but they've announced a, uh, a set of uh, voluntary guidelines for the telcos to in, in how they advertise and market their NBN plans. So what they want is they want to avoid telcos marketing the NBN as this broad, simple thing and having people buy a plan that is actually slower than what they've got now. And that's what's happening. You know, 30% of people are buying the 12 meg plan, which is most likely uh, at parts of the day slower than they've got now with ADSL. So the ACCC wants to not cut down on that, not crack down on that, but they want the telcos to start using a bit of smarts and actually changing the way they do these things so that they are um, they're giving people an option. They're giving people a bit much more clarity because we all know, and I've spoken about this a lot um, and the majority of the time, people's issues, people's problems, people's woes with the NBN are based on what speed they choose um, and which telco they choose, not actually on the NBN itself. And um, I'm not saying there's not issues. By God, there's some issues. And um, many of them are telco-related. Some of them are NBN-related. And most of the time, they're impossible to work out because of the buck passing that goes on. But those are the things we, we really should be hoping and waiting for the telcos and the NBN to focus on. The ACCC, I think, has some real worries or troubles here. I'm more and more, the more I think about it, the more I'm worried about that speed testing that they were doing. We spoke to Rob, Rod Sims a few months ago about it. Um, introducing the speed testing into thousands of homes across Australia was a great idea, but you know, in all my tests, I've, I've shown that when you're doing a speed test and you're actively using, in a big way, um, your internet connection at home, um, how do you know that you're getting a quality result? So I'm just a bit nervous that that plus um, there are 121 points of interconnect around Australia and if, um, let's say the ACCC has, um, let's say, TPG customers in 10 of those points of interconnect, let's say 100 of those points of interconnect, the other 20 could be far better or far worse. So the performance of those 100 users could could be... Um, Unrepresentative of the performance of the users on TPG on the other 21 points of interconnect. So just not sure how you do that. I'm not sure how you manage that. I think what we need is, is actually just a, a higher level of transparency from uh, 
the telcos about their um, their capacity um, purchasing and what they're buying from NBN in terms of backhaul CVC capacity is what they call it, um, and whether or not they're supplying genuinely the right um, level of, of service and support to their customers because that's the biggest problem with the MBN right now as you well know I've spoken about it many many times uh, anyway love your views and I'm, I'm always keen to hear um, when you got the old MBN um, if you've just signed up recently how's it going who just signed up with um, what sort of technology did you get if you um, have had the MBN for some time um, how's the telco going are your speeds consistent um, you know, generally, what are you seeing? Um, and, uh, you know, keep us informed because I need to hear from real people out there having real experiences um, rather than uh, listening to the, um, the whinging and moaning from um, useless organisations like Internet Australia and others who are simply trying to score political points and don't really have the, the interests of Australian consumers at heart. Are uh, you listening to Your Tech Life, uh, episode number, I think we said 375, did we? 375. Um, appreciate your support and uh, your downloads, as always. Uh, an unplugged version here from uh, Central Park, New York, um, in the days before Unpacked from Samsung. Um, but if you uh, can't wait or you don't want to spend all that money, then there's a, a great option out there, and that is Alcatel. Alcatel smartphones are available. Um, in fact, a lot of them from Vodafone. Um, a couple of great phones available at, um, at Vodafone. The A3XL is available for $179 outright from Vodafone. It's a six-inch smartphone, um, cracking screen, really, really great product. Obviously, it's, um, it's a great first smartphone or first phone or, um, or uh, first smartphone. So a lot of um, elderly users um, have had feature phones all their lives, have a you know, really old plan with Telstra and um, pretty much need to get a smartphone to stay in touch with their, their kids and their grandkids. So you can buy the Alcatel A3XL uh, for $179 at Vodafone and the, um, the U5 is $99 at Vodafone as well, another great product from Alcatel. Um, speaking of Vodafone, um, great news from them this week, the, um, a completely new way of undertaking contracts in fact no more contracts which is not really the best headline to use because there are still contractual arrangements required with them but essentially what they've done is they've got rid of bundling phones into contract deals um, that don't give you transparency over what you're paying now to be very clear i've done some analysis on this and it's not like it's actually radically cheaper but it does give you so much more flexibility and transparency around what you're doing. So what they've done is they've basically come up with six plans, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, and $100, um, each with different data limits. Now, um, for example, I just uh, changed my plan to the $60, um, $60 plan, um, and for that I think you get 9 gig of data a month. But if you are happy to stay with them for 12 months, um, and remember, most contracts are two years um, with other telcos. Make a 12-month commitment to a SIM-only plan, then I get 20 gig of data. Now, what you do is you make that decision. What, what plan do I want? How much data do I want? And then you make the decision about which handset you want. And this is where it gets really, really cool. You can go have a look at their website, see how much a phone is, and divide it by 12, 24, or 36 months. So... You could pay a phone off in 12 months, um, completely interest-free. So all you do is divide the cost of the phone um, by the number of months that you want to pay it off. Um, and three years, obviously, is uh, a better number to use because it'll be a cheaper repayments, and many people keep their phones for three years. But here's the smart thing. Um, do 
12 months and you end up with um, a phone uh, much faster paid or not paid off but certainly you know the options uh, are really really good for you and the ability for you at the end of that 12 months to just sell the phone is is a really good idea too Um, you can sell the phone um, make your money back and then get another plan Um, just really really great options for you and I think that's what they give is they give you a whole bunch of uh, flexibility uh, flexibility that you've never had before with other telcos. So let's just compare that for a minute. Let's say you wanted to get a new iPhone with Telstra. You sign a two-year plan, $80 a month uh, plan. You're getting a certain amount of data, but you don't actually know how much the handset is costing you as a part of that. There might be a handset repayment on top of it, but that doesn't actually add up to the cost of the phone. So what you're doing is you're subsidizing the phone by being on a contract with them, and so your flexibility does not exist. So in that 24 months, you have no ability to leave them or do anything. Whereas with Photophone, you've now got the option of saying, you know what, I'm 12 months in or I'm 18 months in, I want to switch. And what you do is you leave them. And in your next bill, you'll be given a bill for the entire remaining cost of the phone. So if you've got 12 months left on your phone, you simply pay it off. There's no cancellation fee. There's simply the remaining cost of the phone, not the contract, of the phone. So real flexibility there for people, um, which I think is a great opportunity from Vodafone and full details of that and uh, a list of all their plans are available at uh, EFTM.com. Lots of me talking, isn't it? I mean, this is what you get with Unplugged. There's a lot of little bloody sparrows around here. I did see a squirrel earlier and as it nears closer to (laughs) being lunchtime here... Uh, there's a hell of a lot more people around me as well, which is weird, I'll be honest, because I'm sitting here talking to myself, and um, they're all sitting there talking to each other. Anyway, that's what you get for uh, being a podcaster in Central Park. <laughs> um, another device you'll find on EFTM this week is the new Nokia 8. Now, this is the device that um, has the Carl Zeiss lens um, on the camera, which is the new partnership or the renewed partnership that uh, Nokia has with Carl Zeiss. Um, but there's a real innovation in this, apart from being their premium phone. I think it's eight ninety nine, so it's a good price for a premium phone. Here's what they've done: they've um, they've they've changed the camera concept to be uh, both ways. So instead of taking a selfie, what you do is you take a front and a back cam photo at the exact same time. So imagine the screen split in half top of the screen is the rear-facing camera looking out and the bottom of the screen is you. Now, very, very handy for taking a photo, but a bit weird, but really handy for like a live broadcast on Facebook or Periscope. So you can actually, you know, view what you're looking at as well as people at home being able to see you. So that's about the standout feature of the device. Um, The camera should be pretty good. I haven't tested it yet, but um, looks pretty good. It's called the Nokia 8. It's $8.99, available, I think, later this month, early next month at JB Hi-Fi and... uh, other retailers to so check that one out um yeah really cool really looks good um and another sponsor of your tech life which i'd appreciate your support for is trend micro check out their internet security products keep your um, mobile phone your tablet and your computer safe they have multi-device protection um, which means that you uh, pay one subscription you log in and use the software on multiple devices so a couple of pcs in the house or laptops a couple of phones and a couple of tablets all protected from uh, internet threats um, ransomware and all those different things um, really worthwhile having internet security software on all your computers including your Macs folks so even if you've got a Mac computer and you're thinking you don't need one 
you do, okay, because um, web protection is a thing that they offer, which basically means that it stops, um, if you're about to click on a link which is malicious or could infect your computer, it'll actually pop up and say, no, 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 don't go there. <laughs> um, let me stop you and, um, and challenge whether you really, really want to go there. So it's great protection for your, uh, your computers and your devices. On an Android phone, it'll scan for vulnerabilities within apps and stop you downloading and installing crappy um, uh, ransomware and malware apps. So uh, really useful protection from Trend Micro. Check it out. Trend Micro. A um, couple more things I want to tell you about uh, before we wrap up. And yes, a very short show today, but um, hey, it's me sitting on a rock in Central Park, so deal with it. Um, the um, there's four. I was thinking about last night. The Formula One game is out in uh, just a few days, but then I saw a, a show reel, a, a promo, a preview of Project Cars Two, and I realised that there are four amazing titles coming out for. Um, for RevHead. So if you're a RevHead and you've got an Xbox or a PlayStation, four great titles coming your way in the next few months. And they um, they are Formula One 2017, available, uh, I think, early next week or in the next couple of days. Oh, it might be Friday this week, actually, sorry. Yeah, Friday this week, the 25th. Um, so that's you know, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. Uh, and stunning. Like, the graphics are, are pretty phenomenal. The people still look stupid in it. They do these kind of acting out scenes where you're in between races and you're, you're in the office talking to your manager and they just look awful. The people don't look real at all. I just tell them to, to brush that and focus on the racing if I was them. But I don't know, for some reason they, they persist. Um, and, then, um, and then there's Project Cars. Now, Project Cars is also a multi-platform Xbox, PlayStation, PC, but... It is one hell of a great, uh, great game. I'll be honest. I think it's for the enthusiast more than the amateur because it is so good. It's so real. You can really nut out. You can really start in karting, work your way out through open wheelers uh, into into saloon cars. You know, you can actually hone a career in project cars, and the realism is is just sensational in terms of drivability. Um, you know, car tuning is down to the you know slightest increment, um, and you know it's a really like it's a full on. Uh, it's a full-on game that, that really offers that um, that simulator experience. Um, now, on Xbox and PlayStation, they're reverting um, back to a, a new iteration of their flagship games. Now, Forza for Xbox, Forza Motorsport 7, um, will be out in a few months, as will Gran Turismo Sport, which is stupidly long overdue. Now, think about this. Gran Turismo 6, the most recent version of you know their um, racing car game on PlayStation, came out in 2013. Okay, the PlayStation 4 was released at the end of 2013. So that's how old Gran Turismo is, and the leap forward will be phenomenal, okay, in gameplay and graphics in everything. Um, PS4 Pro should be uh, an unbelievable gaming experience. Um, as I said, Forza Motorsport um, 7, uh, also a 4K gaming experience. So what about those four titles, eh? Forza Motorsport 7, Gran Turismo Sport, uh, Project Cars 2 and F1, all coming out within a space of three months. Um, pretty ridiculous uh, for the uh, for the nerd uh, and nerd rev head um, or just casual gamer. Um, so check those ones out. I'll put, some, I'll put all the preview trailers up at EFTM.com if you want to see the... The graphics as they're uh, as they're appearing, um, four great trailers, um, well worth a look. Really looking forward to all those games. I'm probably just going to have to take a week off life and uh, just game. And really, I'm going to have to pick one of them because I can't imagine I have time to, you know, really get into all of them. But I reckon Project Cars is probably where I'm going to put my time. I'll race Albert Park a few times in F1, but I can't see my doing a career in F1. I think um, I think a career in Project Cars is much more exciting. Um, I'll have that on the PS4 and I'll run it on the uh, on the simulator that I've got. So that'll be really really awesome. 
Um, I was going to tell you about the Shenzhen markets, but to be honest, I did. I think we'll talk about that quite extensively with Stephen Finnick on Two Blokes Talking Tech this week. But it is an unbelievable place. I took a bunch of photos. I put them up at eftm.com. If you've ever thought about gadget heaven, let me tell you, I was there. I've experienced it. It was amazing. Um, it's uh, it's just a massive um, set of malls, like six shopping centres side by side, just full of gadgets unbelievable place in Shenzhen and uh, Shenzhen itself just a huge huge city Um, the last thing I want you to do is take this on board folks I want you to check your Facebook feed and I want you to look for anyone that is saying thank you Qantas okay and sending a link to Qantas giving away free airfares because it's the current scam going around it is not real it is a G up Um, it is faker than all hell fake it is a scam. Now, here's how it works. A lot of people say to me, well, what's, the, what's the big deal? I didn't, get, I didn't pay them any money. But here's what happens, right? So you see this link, and you think Qantas is giving away free business class airfares to everybody for, to celebrate their 97th anniversary. Now, first and foremost, why would they celebrate their 97th anniversary? It's not special. Three more years, 100. Um, secondly, why would they give business class airfares away if they were going to give them away? And thirdly, why would they be giving away to everyone? That's just stupid. Anyway, you click the link and you answer three questions like, have you flown with Qantas? What did you think? And what was the service like? Um, once you've answered those three questions, it says all you've got to do now is share this and then hit like. Now, when you hit share, and they want you to write the words thanks Qantas in the share, when you hit share, it pops up a, uh, a pop-up box and you can share it on Facebook. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing all these people sharing it on Facebook. And then when you hit like, you don't actually get to like a page because there is no page. You get sent to Amazon.com. And you think, why would they send us to Amazon.com? Right, so what happens is, after you've been to Amazon.com, um, you didn't, you didn't buy anything, you didn't do anything, but you're, you're now tagged as being um, one of their affiliates. So you, they referred you. So whenever you buy something next to Amazon.com, they get money. They get money. That's their, that's their scam, right? So their scam is to make incremental money off everyone who buys on Amazon having been the referrer of those people. Isn't it unbelievable? Like, that is their scam. So... I know it's harmless. I know you're not getting hurt by it, but you just I just look at people who share it and I think, oh my God, how did you fall for that? How did you fall for that, folks? If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. All right? So don't let your friends fall. Tell them it's a scam. Share the EFTM story so they know it's a scam. My God, it's pretty scary. Um, now, Two Blokes Talking Tech will be back this week. Stephen will be Stephen arrives in New York uh, this afternoon. Um, we it is late Monday night, probably Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday Wednesday when you listen to this. We'll probably record Thursday afternoon. You'll probably get a podcast on on Thursday night, Friday after the Samsung event. Samsung here in New York with Unpack 2017. They're going to launch the Samsung Note 8. We already know pretty much everything about it. You know, full um, unboxed screen, um, dual camera on the back, thinner great new s pen bunch of features like that um i have a feeling they need to announce something else not just that but we will see um so stand by stay tuned to eftm.com for all the news from samsung and um two blokes talking tech a little later in the week for all the news from huawei including some really cool stuff we saw about how they test um test their phones before they put them uh, put them through production and um, and yeah all the news from here in New York with Samsung uh, thank you for listening thank you for downloading episode 375 thanks to Garmin Alcatel and Trend Micro shoot me an email if you want to get in touch just go to the website eftm.com uh, leave a rating and review on the podcast as well um, next week I'll be in Berlin so we'll do the show midweek mid to late week 
Um, same with Two Bucks Talking Tech. Um, I've got to fly home this weekend for my daughter's birthday party and my kids' school fate. Um, but then I'm off to Berlin on Monday. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that um, with great anticipation. Uh, talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Tweet me uh, at Trevor Long. Join me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Let's do it all again soon, folks. Thanks for listening.